We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in. Tuesday edition, Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here with you today. We'll talk some spring football. It is starting. Lane Kiffin, 1130-ish. Today, coverage of that, rebelgrove.com, on the podcast as the week goes on, all the places where you get your uh, your Ole Miss football coverage. Talking spring football. Was it talking ball? What, what is it? It was talking football. Yeah, and then in the spring, it was talking spring football. Would you have to do this a lot, Mobile? Would you have to spend hours on it? You didn't, did you? Uh, I, I, I elected not to. Okay. Some did. Most did. Some shows had that. Uh, I was called into the office on numerous occasions for not talking enough spring football. I've always held a very negative, not negative, uh, differing. I don't believe it is of the importance that some in, in the media, not fans, some in the media put yeah. on it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that it is, is, and I've, I've been proven accurate, and I've talked to so many coaches who will tell you this, that it's important, but you're not your team's fate is not determined by what happens in the spring. And even less so now in the portal era is it your team's fate determined by the spring. I mean, if you have a bad practice, if Ole Miss has a struggling practice on Thursday or Saturday, it will have zero bearing yeah. on what happens when they play Tulane or, or or whoever in September. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll talk about that as the show goes on. We've got a couple interesting comments inside football around the SEC West in the last twenty four hours or so. So we'll get into those also here today on the show. The Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford. Remember, you're still uh, you can get on social media and have a chance to um, win those box seats for the series finale of all Ole Miss home baseball series this season. That includes Florida this week. Should be good to go on Sunday. I think it's a one thirty start on Sunday against the Gators. Friday, a little weird from rain, but I think you're pretty good Saturday, Sunday, maybe a doubleheader on Saturday. Hashtag Rebel Ready at the Oxford Exxon. Put pictures, text, whatever you want. Whatever's going to win. Whatever you think's going to win, use that. Again, hashtag Rebel Ready at the Oxford Exxon. While you're doing that, you also let them take care of dinner tonight, ribs, lunch plates, lunch special changes every day, two sides, bread, 
32 ounce drink, all those different options there, including the uh, 49 cent Phillip with the blue sky here locally in Oxford. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for our buddy, Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. That's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. You get your quote. The rest is completely up to you. Um, what Corey really wants to do is become your car guy, your truck guy. He's been doing that for me uh, here here lately because I've had had an issue and uh, trying to figure out what I should do moving forward. I've leaned on on Corey pretty heavily. You will too if you uh, begin to build that relationship with him and the people at Clark Ford six six two two five seven nineteen hundred. Guest will join uh, on the myperfectfranchise.net hotline. If you're a displaced corporate executive or you're wanting to put your career in your own hands. If you're an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify, Andy Ludicky can help. Um, he owns multiple franchises and businesses. He uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. Call Andy. Put your life, your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. You've got nothing to lose. Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net or contact Andy at andy at myperfectfranchise.net or 404-973-9901. So the comment yesterday that got less play, I, I found funny because of the way it completely played out. Jimbo Fisher talking yesterday, Texas A&M head coach. As we've talked about, there's a chance that A&M struck a gold mine in a positive way with Bobby Petrino calling plays this fall. He's obviously a very talented play caller, one of the best in the country. One of the things that Jimbo has struggled with in recent years is A&M has not been able to live up to expectations that people would expect for them. He gets asked yesterday who's going to call the place this fall, and his initial comment is, quote, I mean, we'll go through that as we go. Mm. And then he stops, kind of catches himself, and following a few beats, adds, but you can plan on him calling plays. I have no problem with that. Mm. Hold on a minute. Then you would have just said that to begin with, that Bobby calls the plays. It's his offense. We really trust and believe in him, and we're very excited about his tenure here at Texas A&M as the offensive coordinator. It's not what he said. We'll go through that as we go. Whew. Yep. Here we go. Already. It is it is March 21st, and that is a spring football thing that could yes. have relevance as the fall gets here. I mean, yes. I'm I'm so excited for this train wreck. It's going to blow up. Can't wait. Just. Well, and Bobby Petrino's a pretty strong-minded guy who left. Was a, told it was his show. Who left a head coaching job where he was good. Look, they, they were good. And I mean, they they would have tested a lot of people last season. And he he was running his offense, and they were putting up yards and points and all that stuff. He left that to go run the A and M offense. And if you take away the A and M offense, Bobby Petrino is not one to slink into the corner. Uh, that's that's not who he is. We can make all the motorcycle jokes and all that stuff you want to. He's he's been a successful offensive coach throughout his life. That's not going to go well the first time that Jimbo meddles. And I don't know that Jimbo can't meddle. And that was a weird answer. And if I'm – I don't know who is in charge over there. It's not Ross. I don't know who it is, but someone's got to go, hey, Uh, you do know that you can't roll five and seven again. You you just can't. You can't go O for Mississippi again. You, You can't. You, you you can't lose to the whole damn West. And, and and Jimbo, it was bad last year. And the one game you won in the league, you almost lost it and probably should have lost he it. He beat up LSU. 
That's right. Beat up LSU at the end. Yeah, mind-boggling. But, yeah. We've spent too much money on NIL, too much money on this roster. On, on, your, on your contract. And too much money on you to lose seven games. So figure it out. And they're paying Petrino a lot of money. Seven and five? Eight and four get him in deep crap? Yeah. Yeah, they're paying him to win nine games or more. Kyle, uh, thank, maybe they do. Kyle, thank you for the super chat. Would you rather cover one school or a league? Pay is the same. I'd rather cover a league. Um, would you be selling any more of the Nike MPW hats? I don't know. No clue. A, a league because you get to concentrate on good stories. You're not doing the minutia of the day to day the same way. You get to simply be the flyover guy that gets the access and the stories and the coverage and get to write things that are very interesting. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's that's no, a, no doubt. They want you there versus they tolerate you being there. Yeah, there they, is a there is a difference. Yeah, they want you there because you're going to be more responsible also with your coverage. You're going to write a more general story as opposed to we will talk about coverage in a minute because it's 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 fascinating. But yeah, that's that's easy. Covering a league, I've done it. it was actually if you as long as you don't try to be I'm the expert on all fourteen teams, it's a really fun job. That's the catch, though. Yes. You don't know everything about no, you, school. you lean on beat writers. When you put together notebooks, you use their stuff, and you, you, you uh, attribute it to them. You point out that there are people who cover South Carolina, who cover Tennessee, who cover Kentucky, who cover Arkansas, who cover Texas A&M, who are experts at it in a way that you can't be. And if you're willing to do that, and the good ones are, it's, it's a fun job. Quick... Uh, couple quick notes that I'll forget. Otherwise, Ole Miss plays baseball tonight, 630. Arkansas Pine Bluff back in Oxford as Ole Miss begins a uh, four-game homestand. Florida this weekend, Pine Bluff tonight. They go to Pearl next Tuesday for Southern Miss. But um, And then uh, Louisville beat Texas last night in the uh, round of 32. So the Rebels will face the Louisville Cardinals in uh, Seattle on Friday in the Sweet 16. Louisville was a one seed last year. I think they made the final four. Their assistant last year is now the head coach of Mississippi State. That's who replaced Vic Schaefer. Okay. Um, so that's your Louisville Cardinals rundown. They hammered Texas last night in the round of 32. Tennessee also beat Toledo to advance to the Sweet 16 okay. in the uh, women's basketball tournament. Unless you made it too, right? They beat Michigan, yes, to get to the okay. Sweet 16. That was in Baton Rouge. Oh, okay. Because you know the home, they play the home game. First rounds at home. First and second rounds right. for top seeds are at home. Again, I – that's not really a podcast topic. I have issues with that in some ways, but I understand it in some ways too. I actually read a really interesting story on that because I was kind of curious why the other day. My guess is financially it just makes sense. It's trying to get crowds. Right. It's because they were not filling up the neutral site arenas. The problem it has is, look, I mean, this year is the one year. I don't know. Again, here we go. The, this is the one year where it has happened because Miami beat um, Indiana last night. So another a nine seed beat a one, two one seeds lost. Again, that had not happened since 2009 prior to Ole Miss and Miami. But that's what also has happened is because they're playing on home floors, you were getting no upsets. Right. It was hurting parity even more than typically what women's basketball is. So it's had a – it has a weird counter effect than what they were trying to accomplish at the same time. There's no great answer there. But that's why and that's some of the issue with it at the same time. 
weird stat that probably has never happened before. Miami has knocked off Indiana in the same round in the men's and women's tournaments at the same time. Yeah, that's pretty bizarre. That's very bizarre. Yeah. That's a little strange. Anyway, uh, I have no idea about matchups. I, I, I can't tell you. I don't know. Can't break it down? I know Louisville plays a similar game to Ole Miss. They're a little more defense-oriented. They have more speed. Stanford was oddly a good matchup for Ole Miss because they didn't have a lot of athleticism in, in, in spots. Um. All right, so we'll get into Ole Miss later. But this Nick Saban thing from last night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you remember when – Brandon Miller was involved to whatever capacity Brandon Miller was involved in the uh, in the murder in Tuscaloosa. When the story came out after the court hearing. That is correct, yes. Right. Nate Oates, uh, on the day that he had a horrific PR day, he gave a really bad set of quotes and then came back and tried to amend his quotes and gave really bad quotes again when he tried to amend them all on the same, the same day. His quote was, opening quotes, we knew about that, can't control everything. Anybody does outside of practice. Nobody knew what was going to happen. College kids are out. Brandon hasn't been in any type of trouble, nor is he in any type of trouble in this case. Wrong spot, wrong time. Nate Oates, coached Alabama, basketball. One quick aside that I do think is interesting here as I get to the next part of this that happened yesterday is that day Saban kind of did the weird NIL thing. It looked like Oates disagreed with him on stage. Do you remember this? When Saban gave that quote to that set of boosters or wherever they were in Birmingham. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he talked about they didn't pay players, and Oates kind of openly mocked it on stage. Has that Does that have any relevance? I don't know, but I do think that's at least relevant as we, as we go through the conversation here. So, Alabama football. Freshman defensive back Tony Mitchell gets in trouble. Um, to say the least. He was driving 141 miles an hour as he evaded police and had eight ounces, I believe, of marijuana in his possession at the time. Which, I mean, I, I have never evaded police with marijuana, but um, I have you ever say, evaded police? <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right. I guess it didn't need I mean, the extra disclaimer. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> have you ever evaded them or without? had eight ounces of marijuana on my person but either way okay um at no point when you're doing 141 miles an hour did you think hey we probably should chunk the weed out the window i mean I, i'm just saying at some point just in case should we get rid of the weed i mean i get it's a lot of weed i get you're giving up eight ounces but i don't know how I, much weed is as much weed to be honest my point is you know half a pound is not a Oh, I, I see. Yeah, it's eight I, ounces of I, a of a substance. I mean, it's a lot. You're you're exposing my lack of knowledge of of how weed works. Well, I'm not talking about weed. I'm just saying eight ounces is apparently a lot of weed. Yeah, Grod says damn eight ounces. So yeah, we'll I, take his word for it. I don't know. I mean, yes, is G says it might be it was really good weed, but nonetheless, is that not? I mean, at some point, are we not throwing it out the window? guess at that point they 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 would see you dispose of it correct if you're 141 miles an hour you didn't get away enough at some point to just drop it and if you're getting caught with it anyway what difference if you dispose of it i guess that's maybe they only find three ounces instead of eight it might scatter when it hits the ground i mean i have never i've never thrown weed out a window but i'm just guessing you could say that's not my weed prove it prove it fingerprints i'm just talking about I mean, I just feel like I'm on to something here. I don't know. I'm, I'm.
what? I mean, you got to wonder what Tony was thinking, but. Yeah, I mean, that's not really the point, but I just, that was my first thought as I was reading it even beyond. Grind says you can't throw eight ounces of weed. What do you mean? I don't know. Again, I'm not. How can you not throw it? Maybe it's too much to throw. Maybe that's a lot of weed. Weed weed is light, so apparently that's a, a, a large volume of weed. I'm not judging people who who imbibe in, in marijuana. It's just not my no, thing. No, I mean, so yeah, I don't, whatever. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't. It was 226 grams, which is 7.97 ounces. Okay. Again. Some website called it a stunning amount. Oh. Again. I have no idea. I will take their word for not, it. It's just not my thing. I don't. I don't know. So you got caught. And I'm the guy. If I go, if I'm, if I'm going more than about 85, I feel like I'm beginning to get out of control on the interstate. So 141 would be frowned upon. 141 would be a very uncomfortable speed for me on the interstate. He said it would be like throwing four footballs. They'd see you. Okay. Oh, that's good. My cop friend saw a guy toss his prosthetic leg full of drugs once, then claim it wasn't his leg. Feels like a hard sell. I mean. Well, I mean, look, I've told the story in the podcast that time that I was just in the car when somebody I was in the car with shot at the decoy deer and the game warden caught us. Uh, there for a split second where he like hit the gas and I was like, what are we doing? Yeah. Just stop. No, no, stop. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're, that, that is not how this is about to go in the ten, on this evening. Just quit right here. Whatever we're, it is, it is. We're guilty. <laughs> I'm not. Y'all are. But yeah, stop the car. Yeah. Not not running from the police. Or the game warden. No. Authority. Authority. So anyway. You'll Nick, p- parse the details later. Yeah. Right. Nick Saban asked about this yesterday, about Tony Mitchell. Yes. Was he asked about it, or did he bring it up on his own? Uh, I don't know. Either way. Yeah. It says Nick Saban met with media following the spring, first spring practice of 2023. Quote, Everybody's got an opportunity to make choices and decisions. There's no such thing as being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh-huh. You have to be responsible about who you're with, who you're around, and what you do, and who you associate yourself with, along with the situations you put yourself in. It is what it is, but there's cause and effect when you make choices and decisions that put you in bad situations. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Was uh-huh. was Nick alluding to anything? It, it's difficult for me to believe that that was an accidental use of words. My guess. So is he pissed off at how old Alabama's handled the Brandon Miller thing, or yeah. has he got some issue with Oates? Uh, probably both. I mean, Alabama has allowed the Miller thing to, at least as as a parent, I'm asking questions, right? Like, what, what's going on on the strip? What's happening? Like, you read the account. I don't know if you read it in the, in the, the Tuscaloosa patch. People have made fun of it. I thought it was a very well-reported article. The atmosphere that is described in, in that is is one of uh, borderline lawlessness on the strip on that particular night. Like stuff was just going wild everywhere, and maybe that's that way everywhere. Um, it as as someone who is a, a parent of of a child who's beginning the college selection process, I can tell you that it painted a very negative picture of the University of Alabama for me. 
something that would have to be overcome. And so you wonder if Nick Saban in this new recruiting world where he's already battling, hey, you're, you're old, and he's already battling, hey, everyone else is buying us Dodge Chargers now too. You wonder if that's another hurdle he's having to jump over and he's pissed about it. And I'm sure that Alabama being the one seed in basketball is of no consequence to, to Nick Saban. He doesn't care. But feels like those words were intentionally used. He's a smart man. I doubt if that was just a coincidence. I guess it's possible, but I doubt it. So why did he pick the fight? Well, he's Nick Saban. Well, there is something to having enough juice to be able to say well, it. He's without got as much juice as he wants to have. I mean, I don't care whether Oates wins the national title or not. Saban's won like what six of them. Yeah, I mean he's got juice. He's not worried about offending anybody at Alabama. Well, no. I mean, he's the guy that if he just decides that they want to take over the baseball stadium, they will. I I, I don't know. I mean, frustrated with it, doesn't approve of it. Questions the flippant way in which Oates responded to that the first time. I mean, again, a young woman died. Somebody asked questions, uh, by the way. Um, to be guaranteed to be charged with trafficking of marijuana, if you were doing that, it takes uh, 2.2 pounds. Oh. So there's still a good ways away from an Alabama law that would hit you with trafficking marijuana. So his his smart argument would be, no, I just really love the stuff I was going to consume at all. It, if there is a if there if he was close to an intent to distribute law, I can't find it. Okay. It appears that he's well inside the personal use, at least argument that he would, okay. that he would be able to have. But the penalty is pretty stiff once you get into selling and trafficking. So, yeah, I think intent to distribute would be more than just getting caught with a little bit on your person. I mean, if you if you if it's intent to distribute, it's minimum sentence of two years. Oh, and then it becomes much more severe if they can get you that you might potentially sell to a minor. So he's out until what? At least the second game of the year. I just assumed he was suspended for spring football. I mean, if you really oh. want to punish him, you knock him out for spring football. He'll run a little extra in June. See, that's the thing here. <laughs> that's the deal where when people roll their eyes at. I don't know what Saban's going to do or not do. That's a good point, Granny. He goes, you buy by quarter ounces, not quarter pounds. Yeah. I mean, it. it <laughs> look, it was a lot of freaking weed, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think Nick Saban's quote would have been any different if it was Tony Mitchell or Bryce Young. The quote's the same either way. His frustration pissed off. Because, look, Nick's punishments over time have been stupid, just like almost any college coach has been stupid with their better players and actually taking them out of games. Nobody gets repercussions probably to the level that they require that they should should for the penalties. But Nick does get really frustrated and pissed off with stupidity. Yeah. He is more open with that than a lot of coaches are to just calling a spade a spade and going, that was just really dumb. No, there's accountability. Yeah, it was, and it was phenomenally dumb. You're an idiot. I mean, if your kid calls you from the jail and says, yeah, so here's what happened. I had a half pound of weed, and uh, we ran from the cops 141 miles an hour. You're, you're not pleased. You're not pleased. Not even, I mean, no. You would question a lot of things. Like yeah. Where, where you failed. 
Yeah. Not quite done with it, but we'll come back to it in a second. Before we do, I'll tell you about the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. Football season will be here before you know it. Season ticket renewals are due March 31st. Renew now by logging onto your account on OleMissTicks.com or call the ticket office at 662-915-7159. Also, Ole Miss basketball, men's and women's, currently accepting new season ticket orders for both basketball teams. You can submit those orders today by, again, 662-915-7159 or OleMissTicks.com. Current season ticket holders can renew theirs starting July 1st. Walk-On Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine like po' boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads, 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. You can order online at walkons.com or on their convenient Walk-Ons app. Visit Walk-Ons today in Oxford or Ridgeland. The College Corners, your one-stop rebel shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. You can also go to collegecornerstore.com. Largest selection of rebel gear in central Mississippi. Brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, Batesville, or the surrounding area, call Comer 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or that area, call the people at Southern 662-429-4429. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock start at just a dollar. Every item starts at just $1. Shop now at A-Stock.bid or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock Auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups. So don't miss out. Excuse me. If you want it, bid it, win it. Uh, We're also brought to you by Solutions RX. I've told you about... um, prescription support they also have a lot of supplements vitamins things of that nature to help you stay healthy help you stay feeling good here as uh, the winter turns to spring and we get ready for uh, summer so get in touch with the people at solutions rx solutionsrx.com promo code oep at checkout get 10 percent off your first order and our friends at dead soxy have a gift for you the gift is exclusive so head over to deadsoxy.com slash rebels Join the NIL subscription by signing up. You'll be the first to hear about exclusive collaborations, new products, and more. means uh, you'll not only have the freshest socks in town, but you'll also be contributing directly to Ole Miss Athletics, helping support your favorite players. As your first gift for signing up, you'll receive a free pair of limited edition Juice Kiffin socks, which which are only available to members. So to get your gift, all you have to do is add a pair of socks from Dead Soxy's Ole Miss NIL subscription to your cart, and your free pair of Juice Kiffin socks will automatically appear in your cart. There are no membership fees to become a member. All you have to do is start your subscription by adding one pair of NIL socks to your cart, choosing how often you want new pairs from the Ole Miss collection delivered. So head over to deadsoxy.com slash rebels. Sign up for the NIL subscription today to show your support. Podcast also brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer medicine. Fear prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, everything you need when you need it with G&M. They also, um, sorry, they also transfer your medications easily. One call, they take care of the rest there with G&M or Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs. That's 662-236-222. Anyway, all right. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I, I hate we lost everybody right there for a second because some funny stuff in the uh, the chat. Life said that having eight ounces of marijuana would be similar to going to Chick Fil A because you're hungry and ordering catering instead of an individual combo. Yeah, that's 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 basically what this is here. Grind grind made it 
understandable with four four footballs. That it's a lot of marijuana. But anyway. Austin, thank you for the super chat. Uh does Trump get arrested? I don't know. I I don't <laughs> I, I I watched some of that last night. I don't know who I believe. We'll see. I'm of the uh, very strong opinion that I'm hoping the next election results in someone other than Donald Trump or Joe Biden. Kind of feels like it's time for a yeah. reset. A little bit of a cleanse. Um, this feels politically motivated from what I've read. So that's disturbing. At some point, we're, we're impacting the fabric of our, of our nation. It sort of dovetails in what we're talking about from the standpoint of you've got all this going on with basketball right now. You got Brandon Miller, you got all you know, it's just like you don't feel like there's any accountability anywhere, mm-hmm. frankly. Politics, sports, life. Like I don't know. It feels like we're kind of running off the rails a little more than maybe we even have been. as a society. Yeah, just yeah. in general. I think so. Everything's a competition instead of any kind of cooperation. On a national level. Yeah, I mean, no. I get that not locally everywhere and things right. like that, but just in general. I mean, you've got a district attorney, not a district attorney, well, a pri- I guess he kind of is, yeah. in, in New York, where crime's running wild, where he's being documented as, as downgrading felonies to misdemeanors, and you're going after a case that is, what, eight, nine years old? That has been passed over by feds many times. I mean, because it was a campaign promise that, hey, you were going to be the one that indicts Trump. Kind of feels empty. And I'm not a Trump guy. I mean, I wrote about this in 10 Thoughts. I had a absolute flashback. It hit me like out of the blue Friday. I was standing outside. Um, Caroline was home. Carson was home. And it was a pretty Friday. It was a little cool, but it was very pretty outside. And I had lit the Blackstone. And there was something about the way the sun looked and just stuff. And I had an absolute flashback to lockdowns. Like I had almost like a nervous thing hit me. And I caught myself and I was like, whoa, whoa, hold up. You're good. But I thought back to that. And I'm one of the few people that I've heard publicly say, "I, I hold Trump responsible for that too. I mean, he was the president. He signed off on it. They did the 15 days to slow the spread and stuff. And. What he should, what he, what he knew, and what he should have known is probably, probably another debate. But I'm not the guy that worships at the feet of Donald Trump. I just think this feels. I don't know that. Hey, the way to impact presidential elections is by using the criminal justice system as a as a eliminator is a great start. Yeah, tool in any way. Um, it feels like we're getting off into a place where you start losing the fundamental democracy that we've had but yeah maybe it's too late maybe it's done i've talked to people who are really smart a lot smarter than me a lot smarter who think we're finished connecting those you think alabama wins the title does this thing look weird as it gets closer and closer and closer there's certainly one of the handful of teams that could win a title i mean there's 16 teams left and they're one of the better they have the broadcast have completely kind of ignored everything going on. Well, you knew they would. Yeah, but they have. I haven't. I haven't listened to an Alabama game with volume. Uh they've pretty much avoided it. Okay. Um, you know the 
It's the you know that it's it's kind of like uh, when you cover the Masters, everything is positive. Yeah. Um. You know they're it, piping the birds in a little bit with the tournament. A little bit. But now look, you do wonder if if they win two this weekend, does it change? Does how much of a storyline does this become when you're down to four teams? Does it change depending on who's in it with them? Uh, sure. Where, where's the other storylines and who are we kind of getting behind and all that kind of stuff? We're down to two one seeds. Is that Lynn Houston? I mean, you know, Kansas is gone. Um, um, who else is gone? Um, who's the other one that got beat? Whatever. Uh, the team that lost to Farley Dickinson. Purdue. Oh, Purdue's gone. Yeah. So you're down to... You know, just just Houston and Alabama as one seeds, and there's, you know, you look at potential storylines in in the Final Four, that becomes one of them, sure. I mean, but I read that story in in, in Patch, and and so you kind of wondered. I mean, I don't think they have. I don't. I don't know that. In fairness to the Tuscaloosa police, I don't know that they're covering up for Brandon Miller. I don't think they can prove that Brandon Miller knew that he was bringing a gun to a conflict. Right. I don't think they can prove somehow, some way, that Brandon Miller had read that text. They can prove that the text got sent. Sure. They can't prove that he read the text. Or that if he read the text, that he knew, oh, he, I'm bringing this gun to to Darius Miles, who's going to hand it to his friend, who's going to shoot up a car. And then there's some blame in the other car. They could have left on numerous occasions. They kept circling the area with their lights turned off. And they were seen doing that, so that created some angst. And there was stuff passing from the car that they said, hey, it could have been food, but turns out it wasn't food. It was a gun. And who knows, right? I mean, again, it's to Saban's point, one thing your parents told you when you were a kid, probably your mom, your dad, whoever, nothing good happens after midnight. Yeah. Well, nothing really good's happening at one thirty in the morning out on the strip, probably. Like if you're still hanging out on the square at one forty five in the morning, things probably didn't exactly go as planned for you that night. Yeah, the odds of that going, you know, let me tell you what happened at one thirty that changed my life for the positive. I mean, I I I met the love of my life. I found a lottery ticket, night. Yeah, probably but, not the thing that's going to pop there. In, in all likelihood, you had too much. You yeah. you you overconsumed, and and, think, and at that point, it's how hey, you just need to get home. Yeah, someone needs Let's to get figure you. that out, right? But the odds of hey, I'm still out here at one forty five, and and everything's great. No, probably not. I mean, it's possible, but it's unlikely. Yeah, the best case is it's a net neutral, and everything's just yeah, so, same as was. You know, stuff happened that night. But yeah, it's a topic. Look, I I, I don't. They have fumbled the messaging so badly. Back to the Saban part, that's probably what he's most angry about is that he's having to answer this. Well, because he is he's he's impacted by Alabama's PR around crime and handling of players and students and the whole deal. Yeah. I mean, if I'm Texas A and M and I'm recruiting against Alabama, one of the things I'm saying to mom when I talk to her is, Hey, that's a scary place over there. I mean, all because everybody's getting paid. So you're trying to find an advantage. And so it's, hey, that's a scary place over there. You don't want little Johnny at Alabama because after the practices and after the games, he's going to be on that strip, and that strip is a bad place. 
And what frustrates me, and I don't, I, this is a longer conversation, so I'm going to make a point and then probably not explain it very well because I'm going to talk spring football in a second. But I don't know where I stand on this all the way. But there's something about it that bothers me because you watch it, and what happened with Alabama was some PR people gave Oates really bad quotes, gave him really bad advice, or he either neglected to take good advice, one or the other, I don't know. And everything is so firm on taking culpability from students, from athletes, to covering up, to schools in general, spending such a positive utopia of everything right now yep. that, frankly, it's getting on my nerves. We're getting away from, hey, it's not like the PR department at the university where of, of, of school X should just be like, oh, let me go pry into all the dark layers of the school. But at the same time, we're doing a lot of peeing down legs and telling people it's raining. I mean, there's a lot of just so far PR through different things. I mean, look, it's a situation on campus here that still has not fully played out. I don't know what happened involving a basketball player. Yeah. I don't know exactly what happened. Frankly, the statement the university put out, it's hard to believe that the reason why more information was not put out is exactly by that, that reason. I mean, I think they claim FERPA or something, which doesn't really fit. So, I mean, you, as I'm saying, like everywhere, you've got this situation to where it's like... No, you're right. And, and, it, 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 the, just the, tell me what happened. Yeah, the deal here is always... These are public institutions. They're taxpayer-driven. Yeah, the deal... What he, happened? The deal here is always, hey, let's, let's not let anyone think that anything bad happens here. This is Camelot. No, stuff happens. That doesn't make the place bad. No, it doesn't Something make, just happened. It just stuff happens everywhere. What happened? And frankly, when you... Paint more. And it's gotten worse as it's more competition and more money. I mean, I understand all the reasons why it happened. I'm sure. not. I'm not oblivious. I'm not putting my head in the sand. But it, it's just weird. Sure. And it's it's bothering me more and more and more. And this is what happens at Alabama is they go, no, no, no. Brandon Miller did nothing. Please God, let's act like he wrong place, wrong time. Whoops. Well, and, and hey, he made a really dumb decision that yes. does not make him criminally negligent. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Fair enough. Then we go from there. You can't prove that he knew he was bringing a gun to a gunfight. I'd like to think that if I got a text, and again, maybe he didn't see the text, but I'd like to think that if I got a text from a friend saying, hey, I need my, my, I need my weapon. Yeah, sure. And it's 1230 at night where I would, I'd like to think that I'd say, no, you don't. Go home. Go home. That's the part about this, The when you read the Tuscaloosa patch thing, for both parties, there were multiple opportunities to get the hell out of there. And then nobody nobody gets harmed. And look, Miles and his friend, who are both sitting in jail right now, they lied to police the first time they were talked to. Yeah. And let me clarify, that was not me saying that I know anything as far as Malik Ewan is in any sort of trouble or did anything even wrong. It's that I simply don't believe the reasoning that they gave for not supplying information. That is two different things. Well, and there are a lot of rumors that are out there that, w- that when there's a lack of information, we've talked about this before, where there's a lack of information, rumors fill the void. Yeah, sure. There's a lot of rumors. Yeah. I don't so, know I don't know what's true. No, I don't know. I, I know that he... He didn't play another dribble the rest mm-hmm. of the season. And was that simply mental because his friend died? I don't know. I don't possibly. know. I mean, that I had to be a very devastating thing when you're at an incident where somebody very close to you passes away. Uh, sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, again. Um. All right. Spring football. 
practices again Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. The Saturday practices, at least two of them, are open to the public. So we'll make sure you guys have all that information as you as you have It'll it. Next Saturday and, and the, the one Saturday. after that. And then yeah. the one after that is the game. The game, and then they have three practices after, after the, the game. game. Yeah, which is if you. In, I kind of like it actually. In case you need further proof that the Grove Bowl is just entertainment, there you go. They're not done yet. It's just, it's just going to be a scrimmage like the other scrimmages, except even less. Yes, because it's on TV. Yeah, so we're not even gonna run right, run left, throw a pass. Cool, sweet. All right. I mean, we can get into personnel a little bit, but that's frankly hard to do. Um, just in general, what is your thought on? access on how you plan to cover it what sort of a general sense here of what's going on well they put out the release yesterday to us we have no practice viewing on tuesday no practice viewing on thursday it's kiffin on tuesdays players on thursdays is that right I'm, i'll check and make sure but okay. i'm pretty sure whatever um i read into it a lot of things we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One, it shows you that the media who... And look, a lot of you guys like this. I get it. I used to wonder why and how, but you do. A lot of media that go out to practice, when practices are allowed, they do the two or three things that the coaches, it's, it's, it's a headache for coaches. And the first, at the risk of starting the jokes, is everybody runs out there and the first thing they do is depth chart. Well, the coaches don't want a damn depth chart in, in the spring. Why? The transfer portal. All of these kids have people around them who are reading everything they can read. And if the kid who was supposed to be a backup is a third teamer, well, now they're asking questions. Why are you running third team? It was reported that you ran in the, you, you were running third team. 
And so that's creating all these issues. And when in reality in spring, coaches like to use the spring as a time to develop and as a time to experiment, especially as it pertains to the portal. Hey, let's try some different people at some different spots to see if maybe we have a fit there where maybe it changes what our needs are or aren't in the portal. But your needs change if you end up losing three, four, five, six, seven guys after spring practice that you did not intend to lose or plan on losing. And now you're having to change how you did the tampering portal aspect of it, which is what's going on right now. So I read into that and then... The other thing that happens, and I think one of the reasons that practices have been closed down for media, is you have media that go out to practice, Chase, and they write, everybody's bigger, everybody's stronger, everybody's faster. My God, they're awesome. This team is going to win 10, 11 games. And that, because it can't be proven wrong for the better part of six months, becomes established truth expectations are created that are unrealistic. And then when the season rolls around and a team sort of reaches what its realistic potential should have been, it comes across as they failed. And the media in that situation are not held accountable. I watched it last year. I watched the people that we compete against predicted 10 win seasons. They did. Publicly predicted 10 win seasons. You and I did not. I've yet to see those people held accountable for it. And I've yet to get anybody to go, hey, you know what, Neil, you said they'd go eight and four, and they did. I hadn't gotten that one email. And I get a lot of crap email, but I've got no email from anybody that goes, hey, you said they'd go eight and four. You missed on a couple of the specific games, but you got it. I had them losing to, losing to Kentucky and beating Arkansas. Yeah, They beat Kentucky and they lost to Arkansas, so I flipped it. But I had them going 8-4. and four. I didn't think they were a 10-win team. I thought there were too many flaws to go 10 wins. The people that we competed against who spent the entire preseason going, they're awesome, predicted 10 wins. And so those expectations get created, and they, that starts in the spring because you can't be proven. Look, I don't know. Yeah, there is something to carry in this good feeling through the summer, minimum. Yes. It's part of the business plan. I used to wonder, how do some of those people stay in business? Because they get a lot of shit wrong. And that's how. They create goodwill, happy feelings. Oh, we're going to be great. And so that when you're sitting at the beach in July, you're like, boy, the Rebels are going to win 10 games, win 11 games. Everybody, everybody's, everybody's stronger. Yeah, they're, they're lifted in South Carolina too. You better be getting bigger, faster, and stronger because Auburn's getting bigger, faster, stronger. LSU's getting bigger, faster, stronger. Those programs are trying to win, too. They're paying their coaches an exorbitant amount of money to win games. Kentucky's having an off-season program. So, yeah, you, you have an off-season program. Kiffin players Tuesday, players Thursday, viewing no interviews Saturday. General rule. Right. Something can get altered, but that is. So Kiffin and people will talk today. Yes. Then we'll talk to players on Thursday, and then we'll talk to Kiffin and players again next Tuesday. Yes. Watch, but nothing else on Saturday. Right. 1045 is the time on Saturday. Okay. But again, that's not you guys. That's us. Yeah. You'll get the next one. Yeah. We will too, unfortunately. <laughs> um, 
I'm kidding, sort of. Pro Day, March 29th. Which is a week from tomorrow. Which is more of an NFL day than it is an our day. It I, is. I don't really know what I'm... When well, I'm I mean, at, even last year, I mean, I felt bad for the media members, frankly, because that was when Corral didn't talk after they oh, waited yeah. like three hours on him. Yeah. And then he balked. It's a weird deal. That was one of my better calls. I had to go. I just... I'm, I, I can't wait another two hours here. And I had a feeling when Matt didn't come with the time that Matt was scheduled to come, I Matt's said... Matt's not coming. Matt's not coming. And I left, and three hours later, I was like, that was a good call. I don't get him not talking there. You're a pro now. Do the thing you're supposed to do. That was a sign to me. I'm not bashing him, but like that. Of that, course. That, that. Of course. Come on. Of course. You're, you're getting paid now, all jokes aside. You're, being a like, pro, you're a pro. Act like one. Yeah. There's a certain, like, hold on. Well, a year later, they're trying to move him. There was a that was that was revelatory of a lack of maturity. Yeah, Matt struggled in interviews. I've I've heard that multiple times that he had a very hard time with talking to media. The no scouts, oh. teams, executives. He looked really good on the field, but he struggled with a lot of the the interview personal stuff mm-hmm. throughout the yeah the thing. Couple teams that I've. No people-ish there had said that there was some struggles in those areas. Well, I mean, look at Carolina not taking him. There was a chance he wasn't going third round. Yeah. There were a couple of teams that I knew of that I remember talking about this with you that day. I thought, oh, God, we're about to be having to answer a lot of questions because there was there was some talk. Um, The schools, for the most part, get to let anybody they want come to their pro days. So that's why some of these former players are getting back in front of scouts, trying to get back in. Cam Newton at Auburn, DJ Fluker doing pro day. Really? Uh, yeah, they're – some guys trying to get get back, so it's a chance to show out in front of teams. Okay, yeah. I mean, remember, I mean, Ole Miss over the years has had guys who have been done three or four years, but they were like, "Ah, whatever, come back." And you know, Nick Brazel came to like seven pro days. I feel like there for a while. Oh, he did come back. To yeah, a couple. yeah, yeah. He was always back around a little bit. So anyway. I do a horrific job of covering pro day because I I still after all of these years I don't know exactly what it is that I'm covering. Like I'm, I, I don't you know what I mean. Yeah. No, no, yeah. I don't really know what it is that I'm covering. Yeah. Other than I think sometimes you can maybe I did a decent part of this last year, kind of watching the pro people. Like who are they watching? Who are they talking to? Not that you're gonna be last year there was so much attention on Corral that I was really watching who was watching Corral. Yes. Like who was really locked in on Matt Corral. Rule. Yeah. And the the one thing yeah. you knew from last year's pro day was that the Cowboys really, really, really liked Sam Williams. They were Laser focused on Sam Williams and not even really trying to hide it. Yeah. But for the most part, I don't know. Like, what am I? What am I? What am exactly is it that I'm watching yeah, to see sure. who runs a forty? I, I don't. You know, I don't really. I never really know how exactly to cover that. So we get a few storylines in a second for uh, for spring football. We'll go through those. But first, let me tell you about Johnstone Creamery. JohnstoneCreamery.com. Charcuterie boards. Small batch artisanal cheeses, they make in-house every single day right there on site. Catering, grazing tables, workshops. They got one in Clarksdale tonight. Maybe you're in the Delta, you're taking part into that. It's an awesome experience for anyone who wants to catch the next one if you're not headed to the Travelers Hotel tonight. 662-419-9201. 
You can go to their Instagram page. It's Johnstone Creamery. Tons of photos, videos of their different offerings, of different products, including the Great House Mustard and more. And again, order right there online. JohnstoneHillCreamery.com slash shop and take care of whatever you need from Johnson Hill Creamery. Again, 662-419-9201. Game Changer Patches, the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game. And ready for the next play, go to GameChangerPatch.com. Promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout. Get 20% off your purchase. Brought to you by Automation and Control Systems, LLC. It's ACS, a complete electrical control system solution provider, a Rockwell automation recognized system integrator. Uh, They can service and install Rockwell Automation, Allen Bradley, Siemens, ABB, Square D, and many other manufacturers. For more information or to get in touch with ACS, go to ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381. Brought to you by Landman's Fine Jewelry in Oxford, North Lamar Boulevard specifically. Uh, They've been serving the Oxford area for three quarters of a century. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, whatever you're looking for, they've got it at Landman's 662-234-2777. Also brought to you by Pinnacle. Get in touch with the people at Pinnacle, uh, their 401k advisory services team. Uh, They'll give you a... um, Complimentary, no obligation benchmarking and analysis of your current 401k plan. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N, wealth.com. If you are still working on your summer vacation plans, number one, I'm jealous of you. Number two, you ought to get in touch with uh, my friend John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Um, Give John some parameters. Give him a budget. He's going to give you options. He's going to make... um, a special trip, one that creates a lifetime of unique memories, 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. Also brought to you by uh, OPA if you're coming to, to town this weekend for uh, the baseball series or just to hang out, whatever the case may be. Stop by Oxford's newest Greek restaurant on the square. Fabulous food, great craft libations as well at OPA. And then if you're on the square looking for a place to um, take a break during the baseball series or catch up on what's happening um in the NCAA tournament or in other college baseball games, stop by Rafters on the square. Uh, Rafters, music and food, a great place to grab a burger, a po' boy, an appetizer, just have a beer and relax a little bit before the college kids take it over that night. Rafters on the square in Oxford. Podcast is brought to you by Prime Shrimp. That's primeshrimp.com. Premium shrimp, peeled and deveined in the U.S. combined with gourmet seasoning and sauces. It's vacuum sealed and frozen for sous vide style. Cook in the bag preparation, get exceptional results at home in 10 minutes or less. No thaw, step, steps, no mess, no fuss. Make shrimp pasta, add rice, salad, or grains. Enjoy in shrimp tacos, a shrimp wrap, or just as a satisfying snack, use code RG. Five pouches more, 25% off there with code RG with Prime Shrimp, primeshrimp.com. Everything from their New Orleans style barbecue to the lemon cracked pepper to their full meals in a bag. Those are the uh, French Quarter Alfredo, the garlic herb butter, and more. So primeshrimp.com slash RG. So obviously people want to talk quarterbacks. Ole Miss um, three on the roster of significance. Jackson Dart, obviously returning starter. Walker Howard transfers in from LSU. And then Spencer Sanders transferring in from Oklahoma State for his final year of eligibility. I mean, Sanders is the one that I have the most interest in just from the standpoint of what's going on because with Dart – you know that he is the returning starter. You know he's facing more competition than he has in the past. Luke Altmaier now at Illinois, um, who I think he's projected to be the starter for the Illini in the fall. And then 
Walker Howard seems to be content on 2024 is when he really jumps into the competition, although he's going to be practicing, obviously, now. Uh, and Sanders has been hurt. He's had a shoulder issue since he left Oklahoma State. He's not really thrown much. They say he's going to throw this fall, this spring. You're going to finally kind of get a look at that for what that looks like. But an injured quarterback just learning the system going up against Jackson Dart, it comes back to all the questions we had at the very beginning, Neil, and I mean, it's more about on the field at this point versus why, but there's no way to keep three guys happy. You can keep two depending on who the two are, but I'm just a little confused kind of because of Sanders' health situation, what Ole Miss can realistically glean or get from that competition this spring. It's really the one question I have is what is his health status? How much is he able to throw? How effectively is he able to throw? How do you judge this? Because I don't see how. And I'm, I'm probably going to be proven wrong. But I don't see how you keep Dart and Sanders on the roster in September and everyone's... No, oh, because Sanders has one year left. This is it. Yeah, I don't know how you keep those people healthy. I mean, not healthy, happy. The question is, did he have any other options? Which we still don't really have a good well, answer for. The other question I have is what was he promised? Well, fair. What was he told? Difficult for me to believe. It, it is. It's, I, I can't prove this. Now, I've, I've heard this from some people, but it's secondhand. But I have a hard time believing that they told Spencer Sanders, hey, look, we're bringing in Walker Howard. We've got Jackson Dart. There's a chance you're 13. It's hard for me to imagine that he heard that and said, yep, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to bet on myself. I know I shouldn't say no. I feel quite confident that I am aware of the sales pitch, the recruiting pitch to Walker Howard. Yeah. I can't say that I know it because I wasn't there. I wasn't sure. in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've talked to people who have talked to people who were in the room. And I've talked to enough of them who've said the same thing that I have to believe that there's at least a, a, a grain of truth to it. That Walker Howard was unhappy with his situation at LSU only because of playing time. He was concerned with Jaden Daniels and is it Garrett Nussmeyer? Yes. He was concerned with those two being there that he would once again be the third team quarterback and at LSU that would meant running a lot of scout team and not getting second team reps he was concerned that that would stunt his development as a quarterback he was very happy with LSU he did not have an issue with Brian Kelly with the offensive staff his girlfriend still goes to LSU he was perfectly happy in Baton Rouge had a lot of friends on the team liked the school he grew up an LSU fan of course his dad played there his mother who had passed away uh, went to school at LSU and loved it etc 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 so his football his decision was a football decision based on pecking order so I find it difficult to believe that had Ole Miss told Walker Howard hey look man there's a chance you're our scout team quarterback next year that he would go oh you know what I'm going to leave this place that I otherwise really like to go to a place that I don't know anything about might be better for me, might not be as good. I don't know. We'll see. To do the same role. Sure. That makes no sense. It does not. So something feels like it has to give. And Sanders, I, I don't think there's a world where he's named the starting quarterback going into the fall. 
So, I mean, if you're Sanders, you're either just going, okay, we'll see what happens, and maybe I unseat Dart, maybe Dart gets hurt, maybe whatever happens down the road, or, hey, I gave it a shot, and now I'm going to transfer to southeastern Louisiana. Because that's his only option. Could be. Is to go down a level in right. the fall. To go down a level But and then, play. did you really even give yourself an opportunity if you were kind of banged up and going through a spring and then left? You know what I mean? Like, it and, doesn't... and then if you're Jackson Dart, you came in last year and you did you won the job. You did everything that they asked you to do. And again, if I'm Jackson Dart and they bring in Walker Howard, I get it. You gotta, I'm sorry, gotta have another quarterback. I mean, you know, I'm made of flesh and blood like anybody else. I could get hurt. Gotta have another quarterback. But when you bring in Spencer Sanders, if I'm Jackson Dart, the message that gets sent to me is there's something about my game that you didn't like. There's something about my development that you weren't pleased with. There's something about my situation that is not stable. And yeah. at which point I have to ask myself, hey, look, before I spend a year as a backup in a situation that would be difficult, do I think about transferring someplace, spending a development year at a place where I am the future as opposed to spending a well, – I mean, because, if, if, look, if you're Jackson Darden, you, you're not the starting quarterback this year. The odds of you ever being the starting quarterback again are, are remarkably slim. And this is worth clarification. It's not that a program should not bring in as much talent as they can bring in. I get that, and that's what Lane keeps going back to. The question is, something had to happen in the recruitment for Spencer Sanders to believe he can be the starting quarterback. It's, what does Sanders think versus... Because the myopic person, not necessarily fan in general, who goes, no, 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 he's he's confident he's going to compete. It's like, no, because you... You have to know there's an entry point. You're picking one final school. I mean, nobody's coming in on Andrew Luck going into his junior year and go, well, I'm just going to compete my ass off. I mean, okay, but good luck. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense. So what did Sanders think or know to come in to go, no, I have a chance to be the starting quarterback now against the guy that Played pretty well last year. I like Jackson Dart. He played a good. He played. He played good football last year. Let's, He's let's, good. Like that's the thing. Unless Spencer Sanders goes, you know what? Kind of banged up. I don't know that I can really play at any level. I'm going to come in and I'm going to. I'm going to learn under Lane Kiffin, and I want to be a coach. And I just want to be on the roster. Okay, cool. But if that is not true, and I've not heard that from one, I, I'm soul. just. I'm, I'm throwing any hypothetical out there that would fit. Otherwise, why? What is it in the communication between all parties that everyone is missing? Because I am getting a little tired of, no, everybody just wants to come in and compete. It's like, nobody does. That's not how this works. Well, look, let's, let's put it in our, our field. Yeah. Back in the day. Sure. When a, if, a, if a, another publication came to me and said, hey, we're interested in hiring you. All right. What, what's my role? Well, we'll figure that out when you get there. I'm not interested in that. You want me to move? It might be the Braves. It might be preps. You, you want me to move to Kansas City? Okay. All right. Uh, am I covering the Royals? Well, maybe. Uh, Chiefs? Maybe. maybe. Am I covering Big 12? Maybe. But now it's possible that you're covering preps. Well, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not interested in that. That's a possibility? Well, it's going to be how good you are. Well, who's judging? What's the time frame? I mean, it is nonsensical for me, and I have a hard time with it. And, and I'm not saying it's not true. But I'm with you. It's difficult for me to believe that Spencer Sanders just said, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. It's my last year of college football. I've been a starter at Oklahoma State for, what, three and a half years? It's the Big 12 player of the year. 
Um, I've, I've quarterbacked in big bowl games. I've been the starting quarterback in multiple bedlam games. But I'm cool with the possibility of just standing around in Oxford, Mississippi, at a place I've never been, and just kind of watching for a year, my last year of college eligibility. And when Ole Miss plays LSU, I'll just be the third-team guy. I'm kind of banged up, but I still feel like I can unseat the starter. I mean, kind of makes no sense to me. It it just frankly makes no sense to me. And 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 is it possible that that was the your, your only offer? I, I guess. But you're telling me at no point you could have picked up the phone and called Mike Gundy and said, "Hey, let's work this out." Because I think there was probably a point where he could have. It's just difficult for me to. It's difficult for me to put all these things together and make it make sense. It just feels weird, and it feels to me like this is a challenge at Jackson Dart that's direct. Get better or else. That's what it feels like. I don't know that. No one's told me that. They've done a remarkable. I'll give Lane Kiffin credit for this, among a lot of things. He's done a very good job of locking down the leaks inside mm-hmm. his program. Yeah, It's one of the reasons that so much media are so frustrated. Yeah. We're not. I mean, I'm, I'm, I kind of find it interesting. It makes it for a summer of intrigue, if nothing else. Because, again, if I'm with you. I don't think there's any chance that at the end of the 15th practice, someone says, so, uh, Lane, what do you think about the quarterbacks? Where he goes, well, I'll tell you. Here's what's going to the pecking order at this point is he is the starter. He is the backup, and he is the third teamer. I don't, I, there's a zero, in my mind, a 0% chance that that happens. So someone has to make a decision at the end of this that, hey, I, I, I'm going to take a leap of faith. And they have eyes. They know who's ahead. Yeah. Everybody, I mean. Everybody kind of knew last year that, yeah, Jackson struggled with some stuff in the spring, but he's probably the better quarterback. Yeah. And look, they benefited last year. He doesn't get enough credit for it. But Luke Altmeyer was a good soldier. He was a hell of a soldier. He was very frustrated, and there were some times where he, I mean, I think he felt like he was not exactly treated fairly, but he never let that bleed into the into the building. He knew, hey, I, I, I probably need to just, just be the good soldier here. I'm going to have an opportunity. I still have my transfer. There's going to be opportunities for me, and he was right. He's going to be the starting quarterback at Illinois. Well, I don't know that that's the case with Jackson Dart, with Spencer Sanders. Well, and look, Dart, I mean, look, it, it did this. I mean, we're aware enough. I mean, Jackson Dart is going to just compete his ass off. I mean, he's hanging around. I mean, he doesn't – he's a competitive son of a gun. I mean, sure. it wasn't like, hey, I'm out now because you brought Spencer Sanders in. So if Lane was trying to motivate him, it worked. It did. But if, if at the end of – at the end of April, if Jackson Dart can't get a straight answer that, hey, I'm the guy, you know, you're the guy, period. You've got to at least contemplate. I, I'm, I know. It's, it's what's fascinating. I'm gonna, I don't I'm, have an I'm going to go for a waiver, and if I can't get the waiver, I need to be someplace where I'm the quarterback of the future. Because, look, he could transfer to, say, BYU, sit a year, and be the quarterback of the future. If he sits a year at Ole Miss, he's not the quarterback of the future, Chase. Right. No, Walker Howard is. Yeah, and then yeah. they're going to bring in a, the next a, another quarterback. And yeah. who knows? I mean, now you don't. I mean, the message that would be sent and and look, I mean, this is this is the negative to the portal king thing. Well, how do I know you're not going to go in the portal again? 
Yeah, sure. And there is, we'll get into that one. Run through some other storylines in a second in our uh, last segment. Put it about Northeast Spark, NESPORC, service people across rural communities, two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio, your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's NESPORC.com, 662-238-3159, phone service, parental controls, network security, and much more. So to get the best internet in Lafayette County, also parts of Union and Potatot counties, they did not previously have internet. That's 662-238-3159. Podcast also brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. Brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency, connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, they can help you. If your company is looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent, they can help you as well. Keep in mind, payment of so- service is solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send. Uh, you have nothing to lose. So give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward, chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time, Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile, so call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment. Financing is available at CorinthDental.com. And we're brought to you by our friends at Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. With two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails, there's a lot offered at Southern Traditions. Horseback riding offerings, uh, they can help you compete in nationally recognized competitions. It's also a uh, a great venue for uh, parties, reunions, that type of thing. Get in touch with the people at Southern Traditions on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Get your first look uh, when you're out at the new coaches. The ones had a pretty good bit of turnover in the uh, the offseason from a coach standpoint. John Garrison, the new offensive line coach. Pete Golding, obviously running the defense, whatever he does from a uh, base formation standpoint. It sounds like it's going to be some level of 4-2-5, 4-2-4-3, multiple thing. Four-man front, we'll just call it that and let that be uh, that. Canoto Hudson, new cornerbacks coach. West neighbors um, did hang around safeties for that, and then uh, Jake Scudover from Arkansas State special teams coordinator Kevin Smith back as a running backs coach. So those staff turnover spots for Ole Miss headed into uh, headed into the spring. It's it's just so hard, and I mean this, and it's not even necessarily complaining or anything. It's so hard to even really rate players versus players out there or anything else. It's just yeah. it's almost impossible. I mean, I can sit here and talk about. Hey, you want to see if you're going to get more out of Ulysses Bentley or like some of those things, which are very much storylines for the season. It's just an impossible task to really give you a lot of information on that in the spring, barring they look healthy or things along those along those natures. We'll see who is non-contact. A lot of guys are out, frankly, um, from that standpoint. I mean, it's going to be a fairly skeleton crew, especially on the offensive side of the ball with some offseason injuries and things along that line. Which and, makes it even harder to evaluate quarterbacks. Because they don't have the team out I there. Mean, I remember that last year there was a practice on a Saturday inside the Manning Center where both Dart and Altmeyer 
for lack of a better word, looked awful. And part of that was, well, the, the, the offensive line was makeshift. The receivers were hurt. Uh, the defense was kind of feeling itself, knew what was coming late in the spring. And it was, if you were just, if someone just dropped you in and you had no context at all, you'd be like, man, this team, their defense is, is amazing and their offense is just anemic. That's what you would have thought. Well, it was a completely unfair way to judge. And I'm sure that the coaches viewed it that way as well, but not to not to belabor the point on the quarterbacks, but that's the other thing. I'm I mean, of, whether it be surgery or just kind of banged up stuff, I mean, Jaden Williams, Pettis, and Jeremy James were all dealing with stuff and might not play. Well, James won't play. Yes, yeah, I'm saying. Like, so yeah. it's it's so that's three of your five offensive linemen that are not out there. Right. And so you've brought in some newcomers at wide receiver, and you know, I mean, they're. I mean, I do want to see what Chris Marshall looks like. I'm interested in that. Yeah, Caden Priest corn from Memphis. But you know, you got guys that are learning a system. Like Jackson Dart looked. A I lot. mean, because at left tackle, it's probably Cam East. If Williams is banged up, I couldn't tell you. I think it's Cam East. Yeah. So who's the backup? So that's my thing. So you're getting into because it's a third teamer playing as your starter. If again, I don't know exactly what Williams' deal is, but you know, we'll tell you whether snaps get a little continue to get better. That was a problem in the fall. Yeah, I mean that is we can we can do that. Yeah, that 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 counts. It's like making five foot putts. I can tell you whether they're putting well or not. But I mean, no dudes are all banged up. It's it's we're we're not going to discover whether Michael Trigg has found his game in the spring. Like I don't know. Going to be talented, and he's going to make some mistakes. And he's going to catch some unbelievable passes. Right, that's what Michael Trigg's going to do. But is he going to blow assignments and not know his? Assignment? Which is what Lane got pissed off at yeah. him over and over and over again and last I year. I don't know that you'll be able to completely tell those things in in September viewing in in Saturday viewing periods. Yeah, does Ole Miss finally get something out of Jalen Knox or Braylon Brown? I don't know, and you won't either in the spring. Nope. We'll see if they're really pissed off at people. That's what we'll see on Saturdays. They show their frustration when they're in the woods with people's. Yeah, hey, you're missing a sign. Get that. Uh, go away. Lane does not. He's not a very good actor when it comes to not showing his disgust with what is going on in with front of mental him mistakes. Can't stand it. And I mean, it's a, you know, look, it's too, I mean, it running back. Hadn't got everybody here yet. I mean, the push again. There's still another portal window. As soon as spring is open from May 1st to May 15th, there's another portal window. Guys in it, we're out. Well, that will be the most interesting thing of the spring. Will be that because guys go, hey, I didn't. That did not go yeah. like I thought it was going to go. When it ends on April the twenty, whatever that is, it'll be most interesting to see if, if some guys jump in that they didn't anticipate jumping in. Because right now, when I say scholarship, I mean came in on a scholarship. I don't know if anybody has gained one while they've been here. Hey, running back, it's Judkins and Bentley. That's it. Oh yeah, it's true. Those are the only two scholarship running backs on the roster for spring. And look, one of the storylines of the spring is that you have to do everything in your power to keep Quinshawn Judkins as happy as possible. He still holds his transfer card. He could jump in the portal and shake everything up. He could. He's not committed to anything. He could. He could. We'll see what they do with Victor Kern from Washington. He's played a bunch of different positions. I'm assuming he's a guard. I mean, they'll yeah. 
They'll figure that out. But he might have to play tackle some this spring because they just need a body over there. Oh, they might. And also, you experiment some. This is the time that you experiment with, with a guy. Hey, if, if I moved him to right tackle, for example, can he handle it? If I have this young... Uh, if I have a young guy, can could hey, if I put him at center for a few snaps, could he handle it? If, what about guard? What, it, it, and that's where the coaches get frustrated with the, the the depth chart thing is because they're not focused on a depth chart yet. There is so much portal activity, though. I do think the spring has become more important on just getting enough of a baseline of the system in the spring for guys. They're not going to have great retention. You're still going to have to go over it again at the early part of the fall. But the more you can sort of understand, the more they can do in the early part of the camp. I, I do think that that has gained importance. But that's one of those things that happens in the film room and in whatever. And I mean, that's not something we necessarily are going to understand or see in real time. And probably might not even see in real time until the fall that you see what they did retain or didn't retain or what that looks like. Um, but I mean, Elaine's talked about that, that it's there's two things. There's trying to meld your portal class with your roster from a culture standpoint, but also – no, actually understanding the system and understanding this is how we do things here versus wherever you are, and you got to understand this immediately and what that looks like. And that, that's, a, that's a coach's challenge. That's not, again, that's not something necessarily for practice, but I do think that's one of the more critical things that will look like. Um, And then we'll be able to get an idea of kicking. I mean, kicking was kind of weird. They get Costa back, I guess. Um, new for, holder. Yeah, it's a new holder. Um, <laughs> you know, who's going to punt? I mean, they do they they do have a punting situation. I think the kid that transferred in from A and M that I'm forgetting his name right now. I think he's going to handle kickoffs yeah. and at least have a chance to punt. Oh, really? I okay. think so. Yeah. What's his name? K Davis. Is that him? It sounds right. Is that right? Or is that completely somebody else? Huh? It sounds right, but I I, I don't know. <laughs> That's not right. That was an Oklahoma State football player. Oh, okay. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Oh, it matters. <laughs> <laughs> it will matter in actually just a second when our stream catches up to to whatever it's going. On. Oh, someone <laughs> s- someone's going to correct you. <laughs> this is this is the time of the year that, that you realize that there are absolutely people out there who know the roster significantly better than you do. Caden Davis, sorry, not Cade. I get credit for that. That's close enough. So I said it sounded right. Yeah. It- it, it, it's it's the funny part of media is yeah you, there'll be somebody out there that understands every number and everything it's like how do you not know that it's like i don't know because i know 700 more things that might or might not matter and i'll just figure that out later well, like I'm, look, I'm, I'm, there are people that will be in the stands on saturday who know the roster better than the head coach yeah oh well that's a good point yes hey houston I like I said, Ben, you know, Ben had a great, Ben, Ben, a Ben, a Benedetto, 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 completely forgot his last name, but remember it saved his life. <laughs> yeah, well, Houston would have the thing where occasionally he'd start calling his own players by their numbers, kind of like the film for the opponents. And yeah. go, yeah, you know, he had a big day from 37. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 41 had a day. <laughs> I don't even, I don't really feel bad about it because I, I don't, frankly, don't need to know it. Until it's they play games, I don't I don't have to have a mastery of the roster until the season rolls around, until fall camp rolls around. You start getting an idea of who who's actually positioning himself to play. I don't I don't I don't believe that many of those decisions are made in March and April. No, and I I, I base that from talking to coaches. Frankly, this isn't even as pivotal of a get your body ready time as the summer is. 
oh, when this is over until no the question. Fall. It's one of the things that you worry about as a coach is you don't you know you're going to get some guys banged up, but you don't want to suffer injuries where guys are not available in June and July to get ready for what's coming in August and September. You know, I do think as always. It, we know really good and really bad. Anybody can pick out, hey, Quinshawn Judkins looks better than the dude who's in the end of the bench. Like, it's the middle we have a hard time with yeah. that anybody would have. I do think linebacker is one of those positions where you can see if somebody moves well enough in the SEC. I think our we get red flags really quickly on yeah. some guys and go, oh, no, that's not – they're not moving. So, I want to see Monty Montgomery from Louisville, mm-hmm. and I want to see John Baptiste. I want to see what those guys look like on the field. Right. From a defensive standpoint, I do think linebacker is a spot where you can go, no, okay, that makes sense. I see that. Yeah. Tony Sukulis is working on a story for Rivals about still outstanding transfer portal needs. And I was like, hey, give me a day because I want to hear Wayne Tuesday and then I'll yeah. get back to you. But I think the outstanding transfer portal need remains pass rush edge guys. Oh, okay. Guys who can get to the quarterback off the edge or disrupt offenses off the edge. I don't know that there's a ton of that. There wasn't much of that last year, and that hurt them. And most of what they got last year um, is is gone, so they've had to replace that. Like, does John Baptiste is he is he an impactful edge guy? And if not, do you have to go into the portal and find that? I, I still think that's probably their most glaring need going into the. If it's something else, it's because, for example, it it would be because wide receiver did not pan out the way that they thought it would. I'm sure they'd love to find another impactful wide receiver, but it feels like defensive end is still an area of need. That That's the other interesting thing to watch in the spring, I think, is with Pete Golding, new personnel, at the end of spring, does he look at it and go, okay, we've got to go get this position, this position, and this position in the portal, or is it different than what he thought it would be today? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. He might have a an idea in his mind today that changes over the next five weeks. Um, And then, because he can do a couple of different things, I want to see John Saunders, the transfer from Miami, Ohio, on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Corner, maybe play some inside safety stuff a little bit, Um, kind of see what they do with that. They've got a lot of those guys back, but they did lose a good bit of corner. They need, they need, they, they need him to play corner and play it well. Yeah, they lost two guys that played a ton of corner. Uh, the... Academic issues were galore for that kid from North Texas. It would just shock me if that ever becomes a thing, if I'm honest, but at least not right now. His name is – is it Gaddy? Is it slipping my mind? Yeah. Um, so that's – somebody asking the stream. That's sort of where that's at at the, uh, at the moment. But I don't know. We'll see Lane Kiffin today here in a few hours. Again, we'll have coverage of that at rebelgrove.com. Have uh, another press conference on Thursday, as we said, and then first practice availability on Saturday. We'll have uh, observations from uh, from that as well. So good bit coming up this week. Again, Ole Miss baseball tonight, Arkansas Pine Bluff, 6.30 start for that. JT Quinn on the mound for the Rebels. Nice throw strikes. I saw it this morning. 17 strikeouts to 13 walks so far on the season for the uh, the freshman prior to the Florida Gators coming in town this weekend for three, starting at least now on Friday. But the forecast is pretty rough for Friday and Friday night at the uh, current moment. So more tomorrow, more football, more a little bit of everything as we uh, count you down toward the end of the week and spring football beginning. So take care. Have a good day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. 
The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.